Welcome to Stepping Into the Light with Julia Treat, a weekly podcast devoted to helping you open up to your own unique abilities so you can receive loving and supportive messages from your loved ones, angels, and guides. Hello, beautiful. Thanks again for listening. I wanted to talk today about our pets. I can't count the number of readings I've done where pets have come through to say hello to their their mommies and daddies because that truly is how they view us. I've had anywhere from dogs and cats to ferrets and bunnies. They've all come through, and they've all come through with beautiful messages. And I thought perhaps it would help some of you who might be dealing with the loss of a pet or thinking back to decisions that you've had to make for them. I know how awful it can be. I've had to make that decision myself for my little dog, Sassy, who passed away several years ago. And it is never easy. But I can say, honestly, the longer I do this work, the more I understand about what happens when we leave this place. So let's talk about our pets. Pets come through with beautiful, loving messages. They always come bouncing in, free of any health concerns or issues that they had while they were living. And I tell their owners, their mommies and daddies, that they have never left them. They've crossed over, but it's kind of crazy. They cross over, over and are immediately able to be by our side once again. Pets often come through with uh, a vision in my head what they look like, and I can describe them, or I might get their name and tell them, you know, that my client their name. One girl I did a reading for, it was quite funny, actually. Uh, I came through, I said, I, I don't know what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like two ferrets. And then I started to see a baby carriage. And my client started laughing. I mean, she was giggling. She had tears coming in her eyes. And she said, I can't recall the names now, but she actually called them by name. And she said, those were my two ferrets. And I treated them like babies. And I guess she had them when she was young as pets and would put them in a little carriage and take them for walks. So it was kind of funny. And I was so pleased to be able to give her that message, it seemed to bring a lot of closure for her. I've even had clients reach out and ask me if their dog is ready to go to that beautiful place. And it's often a dog or an animal, a pet, that is, you know, on the last, in the last days of its life and is suffering, beginning to suffer anyway. And I always get the exact same message when someone reaches out asking that. I tell them, your beloved pet, your beautiful baby is ready whenever you're able to let them go. And I also tell them, it is such an unselfish thing to let them go. You are releasing them to the most beautiful, magnificent place. Your pet as soon as they take their last breath, is running in the green hills and pastures of heaven with other animals, with 
other souls, with the angels. They're having fun. They're playing. There is no pain. But they are immediately right by your side once again to watch over you and to help you on your journey. It's funny. Other things that come in readings often are, you know, I'll mention, oh, your dog says that you heard the nails, his nails on the floor after his passing. And they, my, the client will just look so surprised and say, yes, I heard the nails. I heard it. And I just knew it was him. Sometimes your other pets who are still living may sense the pet that's passed in the home. They may look up in a corner or uh, kind of look towards um, different areas of the house and just stare or seem perplexed. So they can even sense when their beloved sibling, if you will, is around. Our pets can give us signs that they're near just like our human um, family members after they pass. My dog, Sassy, when she passed, she was 19 years old, and she was like a daughter to me. Even people that met her said, you know, she's not like a dog. She seems like a person. And Sassy, thank goodness, started leaving feathers. I would find feathers all through the day. I mean multiple feathers, day after day. And I started collecting them. I found this, um, I don't know what you call it. Oh, styrofoam. I was trying to think of the word. This styrofoam kind of mold. And I started sticking them in there because I thought, I don't even know what to do with all these feathers. But for me at the time, it was really important to collect them. I felt like it was her saying hello. And I had not found feathers before her passing. It started the day after her passing. So I started collecting these feathers and I knew she was so close to me, so near to me. So sassy, you know, it was pretty much just the two of us for so many years. And she would always watch over me. She was the calmest dog. She just gave me such calm and grounding energy. And it was just a couple of days after she was gone. And I just couldn't take the silence. I couldn't take being alone. The house seemed so quiet and empty. And I actually had gotten strep throat, so I was actually very sick. I did not feel well at all. And I believe it was just the, you know, my health had declined some while Sassy was declining. She was actually in intensive care for 10 days before she passed. So one day, it was like, I don't know, a couple of days after her passing, and I said, you know, I have got to, I need a dog. I need, you know, I've always been a dog person. I need a dog. And I'm going to tell you this story because I want to, I want you to know how your animals will guide you. Our animals even guide us. The animals that have passed will guide us to our next one. So I had heard about these kind of dogs. I think they were called Havanese, and I had never heard of them before. But I had seen one, a little puppy, and it was cute. And I thought, all right, maybe I'll go check out this Havanese. And got the number or the address from the girl. Um, that I had met her Havanese. I got the address from her and it was quite a ways from my home. It was, I was in Pennsylvania and it was up near the New York border. So I began driving, drove up there, found the place. And I'll be honest, I was appalled. 
I did not know that I was going to a puppy mill, and it was horrible. Now, I'm not going to say as far as, okay, conditions are bad regardless, but I mean, at least these dogs were running free. They were fed. There weren't any, looked like malnourished or anything, but there were so many of them. There were so many dogs, and the woman did have some Havanese, and she brought them out and showed them to me, and they weren't ready to be adopted yet, and as I was spanning out over this area, this fenced-in area that had all the dogs in it, and I mean hundreds of dogs. I I still can't believe it when I think back to it. Every single dog in that pen seemed crazy. I mean, they were acting nuts. They were barking and running, and, and maybe they were putting on a show for me. I'm not sure, but I was like, wow, this is crazy. Well, in the middle of that huge group of dogs running around, there were probably about a hundred dogs. This one dog sat there, this little tiny thing sat there quietly staring at me. I am not kidding. If you can imagine this little dog in the center of all these other dogs, it was almost like a spotlight was on her. And I looked at her and I was just staring at her and watching her. And all of a sudden, you know, our eyes locked for a few moments and then she took off and she went over and she grabbed this really gnarly, nasty looking sock that I guess was one of their toys. It was all dirty. And she started flipping it around and flipping up in the air. And then she'd look at me and then she'd go grab it and she'd flip it in the air and she'd look at me. And I was like, all right. Well, I said, I told the woman, I said, well, what's the story on that dog right there? And she said, well, she's a Yorkie poo and all of her siblings have been adopted. And she said, I had to separate her from some of the other dogs because they all picked on her. Well, I said, well, let me see her. I just want to see her for a minute. Oh, and the woman said, well, she is six months old. And I said, okay, I just want to see her. So she handed me this dog and this dog reeked of urine. I mean, oh, it was awful. I don't know if the dogs were peeing on her or what, but it was, oh, it was horrible. But as soon as I grabbed her and I put her up to my chest, she put her paws out around my neck like she was hugging me and laid her hand on my chest, her head on my chest. I mean, she planted her body against me and I just hugged her. And I had gone up there with a friend and so we just kind of sat down. I said, well, I just want to hold her for a while. That dog, needless to say, I ended up taking her. That's my little Daisy. She's a Yorkie poo and she is my best bud. I have no doubt that Sassy sent me to her to get her. Now, Daisy did not move for over an hour. She did not move one inch. I rode home, my friend drove, and I rode home with this urine-smelling dog on my chest. I got home, of course, gave her a long bath. And the wild thing is, Daisy did not make a sound for three days, not one peep. I thought she was a mute dog, I really did. I said, how ironic. I'm a speech pathologist, which is, I have a master's in speech pathology. I was doing that full time at the time. And I said, how ironic. I'm a speech pathologist and my dog doesn't talk. Doesn't make a sound. Well, that was three days. And then she saw her first deer. I used to have deer that visited me in my yard. And that was the end of that. She has not shut up since then. <laughs> but I wanted to tell you this story because I was grieving so much for Sassy, yet I followed whatever that intuition, that, that inner knowing, we all have it, that whatever it was, it said, I need a dog, I need it. I don't, Sassy didn't want me 
um, sitting back and crying and grieving. She wanted me to be happy. She wanted me to have another friend, another daughter, if you will. So she led me to Daisy, and I have no doubt when I was looking at Daisy, Sassy was probably whispering in Daisy's ear saying, you better put on a show because she needs to see you. So our pets, they love us unconditionally. They are not mad at you. If you had to make a decision for them, I am telling you, they are grateful. You put them out of their misery. You spared them more pain and, and trauma. I promise you. And I'm getting chills just saying that. I hope you feel that because if you've lost a pet and you feel those chills, that's your pet right there saying, yes, this is true. Let yourself off the hook. You are an amazing parent of your little babies, your fur babies, whatever, whether it's a bird, fish, cat, dog, ferret, bunny, doesn't matter, snake, they loved you. They are in an amazing place, and they will give you signs letting you know that they are around. They thank you for everything that you did for them, and they will love you always. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Stepping Into the Light. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with your family and friends. And be sure to visit Julia's website at juliatreat.com to sign up for monthly cyber swag, including meditations, rituals, readings, and lots of other life-changing stuff straight to your inbox. It's free.